The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Erin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. Monday night shenanigans, which we said we would never do again after that disastrous time on Monday night. (laughs) But needs must when our schedules are the way they are. Yes, we apologize. This is a little late. Hopefully it will come out tomorrow. This is usually a pretty easy edit. Um, But if not, it will definitely be out on Wednesday. And apologies on the podcast. and I don't know. There's going to be some recursive apologies here if it does come out on Wednesday. Listen, I feel like we've been so good about being so regular for so long. I just made us sound like a BM, like a I was going to say, it's like we've had our fiber. Yeah, we've we've had our fiber. We had our morning coffee, some bran. Like, we're doing good. We we're are real regular. Nuts. We're getting, hitting out shit regular. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's, it's only a day, maybe two. And everyone, if you're that disappointed, this is a free product. Like, get over it. <laughs> I mean, thank you and keep listening, but... <laughs> Get over it, but don't unsubscribe. Yeah, get get over yourself, but please keep listening. <laughs> but give us the validation that we crave. Yeah, please give me the validation that I crave. Tell me, oh my god, uh, this might belong better in happy things, but I had three good, like, really right on time zingers today, and I was so proud of myself. Everybody in my office was like, damn, that was really funny, and I was like, I know, right? Um, and I'm generally a pretty funny person, as everyone knows, but, like, I mean, I hope everyone knows. (laughs) I don't know why they're listening to this podcast, because it's certainly not for the hockey expertise. (laughs) I mean, mean, but, like, seriously, just, like, right on time with, with three good ones today. And it would, it wouldn't be funny for me to explain them, but just know, your girl was hilarious today. And I feel like a comedy god right now, so... This this podcast will now be the worst podcast ever because I said that. <laughs> well, we've already started off with scatological humor, so I feel like it can only go up from here. <laughs> I mean, what are they expecting? We talk about dicks and shit, apparently. Um, hey, tell them what podcast number it is because we have. Oh yeah, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is podcast one hundred and six, and it is November eleventh, twenty nineteen, even. Yeah. Hey, we have a front coming through, so just FYI, if the power suddenly goes out, that's why. I don't think it's It's just really windy, but there has been some lightning, so. Aha. Well, it got cold here, too. It was uh, it, very oh cold God. today. It's so exciting. Do you want to know what temperature <laughs> it is here right now? Sure. Oh, my God. I'm opening my, my app just a second. It is 37, feels like 28. It's currently raining, and I'm hoping to God it freezing rains so that we get uh, at least uh, a late start tomorrow morning. Nice. Work. Because, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but Texas doesn't get inclement weather, really, except for like three days out of the year. And so um, we freak out when it happens because nobody knows how to drive on it, and like nobody plans for it, and we don't have like anything resembling an infrastructure to deal with it so Mm -hmm. um yeah we 
we freak the fuck out and we cancel everything <laughs> when it happens. It's great. I love it. I really actually appreciate that about Texas. Uh, I really do too, to be quite honest. My first, um, my first year up in Austin, we went by the closures for the Austin public public schools system. And I had, I want to say like four all day closures the first year I was up here because, and one of them was for snow and I'm saying snow with quotes. I don't know if you can hear the quotes, but they're there. Uh, and it was like the lightest, most hilarious, just scattering of snowflakes on our front yard. And I was like, that's a little embarrassing. y'all. Please don't tell anyone. I had to go, so by my house, there I have to do only street parking, which most of the time isn't bad, but on Sunday nights I play D&D, and so I get back later than usual, and so I was looking for street parking around my house, and there's right now, I live right near a school, and so a lot of the spaces in front of the school are like, you can park there, but only until, until 7 a.m. Which for me is usually not a big deal because I like to leave for work at 7 a.m. But I knew it was going to snow slash ice last night. So I had to like get up and go like scrape the ice off my car while being judged by a bunch of middle schoolers. (laughs) (laughs) What do you know, kids? I know. You don't even have a car. Speaking of being judged... Uh, I guess that's not a really great. No. Not, no, I failed that one. Shit. Shit. Fuck. We already lost Wait, it. Wait, I think I might listeners. have one. So, uh, you've got these middle schoolers, right, that, um, are judging you. There's, um, when I was up in, in Midlothian this weekend, I introduced my brother to John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. And so we watched New in Town, which at the end is the one that has the story about him getting a prostate exam because he wanted to go in for Xanax, but didn't want to tell the doctor he went in for Xanax. So he he said that he (laughs) had problems with frequent urination and it led to a prostate exam that he didn't need, Um, (laughs) which was amazing. And like one of those things that like the first time I saw it, I cried, like laugh cried so hard. I peed my pants a little. Um, But then like earlier in that episode, he's talking about if you ever want to like have your like, ego destroyed, just hang out around, like, 13-year-olds. And he's talking about how when he's walking down the street, if he sees a pack of middle schoolers, he will cross the street to avoid them because they have this, like, absolute ability to just accurately pinpoint the thing that, like, bothers you the most about yourself. (laughs) So he was saying, like, for instance, (laughs) he'd be standing next to a group of middle schoolers and one of them would say, look at that man with the feminine hips. (laughs) And just everything that, uh, like, you know, just do a little injury to your soul. Much like the Dallas Stars currently have a lot of injuries on their roster. Saving it. Bringing it back. Ta-da! Actually starting this podcast about the thing that the podcast is technically about. Yeah, hey, let's talk about the Dallas Stars. So the Stars is... I'm going to start us off with a quick question to actually get the ball rolling here. Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen, asks... Will the Stars ever get to play with all their players uninjured this season? Well, if we're still counting Stephen Johns among them, then no. I think even without Stephen Johns, the answer is going to be it, Probably no. not. I mean, well, first of all, like, um, 
I don't remember if this is something that's confirmed or just something that I keep hearing rumored everywhere, but Tyler Sagan may or may not be playing injured currently. Oh. That is something that I've seen a couple of different places. None of them legit sources, though, so I don't know if it's something that, like, something got said and I just missed it, or if it's just everybody's assuming that because he's playing so poorly. Um, I wouldn't... Well, because he's not producing anything. Right. No, no, no. I know what you mean. I, I was going to say, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, and I, like, Jamie Benn is not playing poorly, and, but he also, if, if Tyler Sagan is playing injured, that is affecting Jamie Benn's game, because that kind of fucks up the line of Jamie Benn, Alexander Radulov, and Tyler Sagan. Yes. So, um, and that might be why everybody's getting kind of bounced around the roster. I mean, that and, like, nobody's playing, nobody was playing terribly well to start the season, so. Except, of course... For our boy Rope Hint. Yes, I'm so sad about his injury. So just a quick update on the injury front. Uh, Andre Sekera came back against Winnipeg. So he's back in the lineup. Yeah, uh, well, they needed him with Polak out. <laughs> and Polak's still out. And Klingberg is now out somewhere between, at this point, probably one and a half to four weeks. One and a half to three and a half weeks. But for a minute. <laughs> and of course, our, our boy Hintz is out. So we have no idea who's going to score goals now. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, Jan Mark scored. He did! Goal. Yeah. And Fox yeah. has scored a goal. I don't. Did you get a chance to watch the Winnipeg game? I did not. I was running around doing busy things, being a person that has things to do. Foxa and Dickinson both had real good moments. A re- like, Fox's goal, um, he basically <laughs> outskated, like, forechecked three different Winnipeg Jets players behind the net, around the net, to get it out front, passed it to Esselindel at the top of the or Lindell, or however we're saying his name today, at the top mm-hmm. of the zone. And then Lindell took a huge, you know, swing at it, and, like, Foxa just d- redirected it in. At first I thought it was going to be just Lindell's goal, and I was like, that's Lindell's goal, Foxa deserves literally all of that credit. But um, and then it, <laughs> it ended up being accredited to Foxa anyway, and I was like, damn, boy, like, shit. And I think that was, like, partly the Jets players just playing, like, fucking idiots at that moment. But, like, <laughs> also, I mean, Foxa just literally made them look like idiots too so i was like i can't tell if it's six of one half dozen of the other or like if you're just really a golden god in this moment but whatever happened i'm very excited it did so that was a work ethic goal it was a it was very much a work ethic goal like he put the hard work in and it paid off i didn't get to see it but i did read some of the follow-up stuff from that game and i actually really appreciated I don't think we get enough quotes from Jason Dickinson because I, I saw his, like, breakdown of the Janmark goal, um, mm-hmm. his quote from that. And, like, I just really appreciated, like, he really fucking thinks about the game. Yeah. Like, we need to protect his head even more yeah. now. He's got a really That good I know he's mind. actually smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not an instinct. I mean, it is an instinct play, right? Like, he drills his stuff. Like, but he's actually thinking he's got good vision 
And like to hear, and he knows it too. Like that's the other thing is like, it's not, he's not trying to play it off. He's like, oh yes, I decided to do these things. And I really appreciated that. So I'm excited to see possibly more from Dickinson. Um, he's got two points in two games with hints out. So get, getting basically some of Hintz's minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But the really sad part about all of these injuries, specifically to Hintz and Klingberg, who are two of the main offensive drivers on the team. Seriously. Is that the Stars were finally actually playing okay hockey. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I mean, the thing is, it was... Kind of frustrating watching them yesterday because I feel like, I mean, I saw on Twitter somebody was like, same old stars. And I was like, it really wasn't. I'd like, they, they got scrambly sometimes, but there really wasn't a lot of dumping. There was a lot of carrying the puck in. There was a lot of like carefully passing to people, you know, to get it in the zone. There was a lot of like, I mean, a lot of really good work done. And for the for the first 40 minutes, they let in shots, they let in possession, you know, they, they really looked sharp. Like, for some reason, they were only able to get it in twice, but, like, it was mm-hmm. really frustrating watching the whole thing fall apart in the third, because that is when, like, the, the Jets got that game-tying goal in the first five minutes of the third, and then all of a sudden, it was, like, the stars from the first five, five games, and they were, like, falling, you know, just... Lost all confidence. Lost all confidence. They they tied the game and they lost all confidence. Like it was it was so frustrating to watch because it was like you guys like you've got to a learn how to hold on to a lead and b learn to like not just you know sky is falling chicken little it every time something bad happens like calm well, so calm the fuck down. Is I think this is a good time to ask our second listener question. Uh, so driving girl asks fans seem excited by the games we've won lately. But has their play changed all that much since the season's start? I had a really busy week last week, and I was only able to watch the game on Sunday. But if the game on Sunday is indicative of what they've been doing over the winning streak, then I would say yes, it has changed. Yeah, I forget which one. I forget exactly who I ended up watching. I was watched, like, the back half of a game, and they won, and it was a little bit of a nervy win. But they actually played well in the third. Mm-hmm. They, led, they led in shots in the third. Yeah. Like, they didn't, they were leading in shots going up to the second, and then they outshot them again in the third. That's amazing. So, yeah, and I, I, and it helped, like I said, they were doing really well until that game time goal happened in the third. So, I feel like as long as they can maintain leads, like, they, they have what it takes to win these games, and they're playing, they are indeed playing better than they were in the beginning. Like, not miles better, but... It's I mean, better. they are certainly trying to carry the puck more. Yes. I think, I mean, you noticed it. I've noticed it. Um, Erin, uh, who also writes at, at Defending McD. Not well, anymore. Does she still? Not no. anymore. Okay. She used to, but that's how we all know her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the DBD is still in her Twitter handle, so. Yes. Uh, she's, she noticed it. Uh, and so, I mean, all we don't, um, unfortunately, the only, unfortunately, I, Corey Schneider does a huge service to the hockey analytics community in that he tracks all of these games for carry-ins and various other neutral zone stuff, which is important. He calls it his all three zones project. Um, And you can get that data if you subscribe to his Patreon and you can play with it. Um, Alex Novet, our good friend Alex, has done some really interesting zone work uh, analysis with that data. 
um, that you can see over on Hockey Graphs. But he's the only person doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so that data isn't really real time. He does his absolute best to keep it, you know, to track multiple teams, you know, and not just focus on, you know, his his main team is the Canes. He like he tries to do his very very level best to make sure that everybody has a good breadth of data, you know, but it it's super it he's one person, right? And the, sometimes teams will play like 5 6 games or not teams, but the NHL will have like 5 6 games a night every night, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you typically do have to wait until like basically the off season to see how your team did (laughs) from a zone tracking perspective. That's a long time to wait. Yeah. But I mean, it's just because he is the one person. Oh, sure. No, I get it. I totally get it. So it's hard to say with any actual like certainty, statistical certainty that the stars have changed the way they play. But I think we've got several people with good eye tests that you should trust that that say they have changed it. And I think even to that point, did you see on Twitter the last week when Jim Montgomery admitted that they had been playing too defensively? No, but that's amazing. It is the first time I have ever in my entire fucking life seen a coach say anything to that effect and he basically and i'm paraphrasing because i don't want to go look it up but he, he was saying i we we took you know because they had like four days off or something like that he they reviewed a bunch of tape over the break and he was like you know honestly like i think we were so concerned with keeping our identity quote unquote that we were getting away from it by playing too much to that so I think part of this whole they are actually carrying pucks in more is the coaching staff acknowledging that they have a major offense problem. Damn. All right. I know. I'm excited. I I, I was very excited about it. And then the next game, Klingberg got injured. <laughs> it was right before that. So it's just like, oh. not fair. It's just it's not fucking fair. When is Klingberg going to get his Norris? Not this year. Not this year. Well, there's one other offensive problem I kind of hesitate to bring up. Oh, God. Have we already talked about it a little bit? Just a, just a teeny bit. But, like, I don't, I don't know if you know this, Marin, but Ben and Sagan aren't pulling their weight right now. I mean, I have heard tell of this, yes. <laughs> Do you have any... Have any thoughts on that particular conundrum? I mean, not any more, not any more than like Tyler Sagan potentially playing injured. Because if he is, that explains a lot. I would. I mean, I think I don't. I kind of wonder if this kind of hockey depresses Sagan's shooting percentage. You mean defensive hockey in general? Yes. Yeah. I mean, certainly could. It and I mean, the the issue with that theory is that he shot basically twelve percent under. Uh, what's his fuck? Hitchcock. Yeah. And this is and it, you know, last year isn't the first time that he's been under ten in his career. This is certainly the first year he's been under. Six. God dang. Seriously? Which is a good sign, right? Like, 
he's no Val Nichushkin, right? Like he's not going to not score for the entire 82 games, even if he is injured, right? Like he's Tyler fucking has, Sagan. Has Valerie Nichushkin scored yet? I looked this up because I wanted to make that comparison. And no, he has not. Oh <laughs> my fucking God. That is hilarious. And I would also like to point out that Tyler Sagan leads the team in assists. I mean, you don't have to skate very far to pass, right? You don't have to skate very far to pass. Uh, and I would say the other thing is, like, if he's assisting well, it means his hands are probably okay. Yeah. So if it is a skating thing, then, you know, hopefully that'll get better. Yeah. But, or if it is an injury thing, hopefully that'll get better. If it's a, I'm not getting good enough passes, because I will say that's the one thing I have noticed is that it is a little choppy, even when the stars are playing more aggressive, carry pos- carry the puck possession kind of hockey, is that their their passing hasn't been great this year. And as much as I love Klingberg, he hasn't been a particularly snappy passer yet this year either. And I don't know if it's that he's been playing with a lot of guys he's not used to playing with, that he has been still playing a lot with Tyler Sagan, um, but he also has been supporting, like, the Fox line a lot. <laughs> and, you know, I've just not noticed great passing from Ben. I've not noticed, you know, like, basically up and down the lineup. Like, I haven't noticed a lot of great passes. I mean, like I said, I feel like that's something that they are getting better in. They're not doing, I mean, they're, like, yesterday they were, like, poke-checking it away from the, from the Jets. I mean, they just... The, you know, intercepting their passes, passing, like, quickly and cleanly to their guys. Like, I feel like they've turned around in that aspect. I feel like it's not, it's not okay. ever going to be 100%, but I feel no. like they, they're, 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 those are the things that they've actually worked on in practice, and those are things they're getting better on. Yeah, I just um, think there's, there's clearly some teams where that's silky smooth most sure. of the time, and right? That's not, and that's not them, no. That's not them right now, for sure. Though, I hope they are getting better. Like I said, they did... I really like that they're poke-checking. Like, they're being aggressive in the neutral zone, and that's what I really noticed from the game that I watched. God, I cannot fucking remember who they were playing. Um, is that they were being very aggressive in the neutral zone, and that was what was making keeping them in the lead. And that was the key to all of the success. And I was very excited by it. Excellent. But we do have some good news in Stars Land. Uh, Sergei... Uh, Zubov's number is being retired. Yes. Oh man. Um. I mean, I wasn't even watching when Zubov was playing. I've just heard so much about him since I became a Stars fan. Um. And was also very excited when he finally got, uh, you know, inducted or like chosen for the Hall of Fame or whatever. Um. And I like I watched the video of Jim Lights calling him to tell him that they were going to be retiring his number, and even though. Sergei Zubov, in true Russian fashion, did not get very emotional on the phone. I started crying, even though I don't, like, I don't have an emotional attachment to this man. I just really love this team, and I love that they are actually, like, retiring this man's number, because it is very deserved. I was like, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot this afternoon. Um, And, of course, that was happening in, like... We have an open concept office now, so that was happening in front of everyone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Think about that the next time I tell you I'm crying at my desk. (laughs) 
Which happens like every day. Oh my god. It happens way more often than it should. Let's be 100% honest. I have overactive tear ducts and a lot of feelings. I was actually, we were... I was waiting for Mary to log on because she had to restart her computer. And so I was clicking around on Twitter and I saw a link about um, Pedro from the real world. And I opened it and started reading the article. And I got about a paragraph in before you lo- before you actually got on and called me. And honestly, that was probably the exact amount of that I could read without crying about it. <laughs> Wait, what article? Sorry. Uh, Pedro from the real world. It was oh, like the first or second season of real yeah. world. And he was the first... Um, Man with AIDS yep. who was like no, on I, TV. I know exactly who you're talking about. I watched I watched all of the early seasons of Real World. The early seasons were so good. Dude, the first season, that shit was actually real. <laughs> like yeah. I, damn, that was the all of those early seasons were so good. It got I can't remember right around when I stopped watching it, but like New I, York. Oh. Real World New York. That fucked it up. Was that before or after the one in Seattle where the girl got slapped in the head? Oh, well after. Okay, then I, I, I think I stopped watching it in the season that they were in Hawaii. Oh, I was actually about to say Hawaii was the other one. Hang on. Let's get a real world seasons. God, they're on, episode, they're on season 33. Holy shit. They're still filming this? Yeah. Damn. That's some crazy bullshit. Okay, so... My internet is so fucking slow right now. Okay, so Pedro was on season three. Yeah, I knew he was one of the early, early ones. Yeah, New York is the one that I... I watched New York, L.A., San Francisco, London was a crazy season. Oh, I meant Back to New York was when I was like, fuck that. Oh, Back to New York. Um... I don't remember New... I don't recognize those people. Dude, Back to New York is a... Uh, the guy who went on to become a professional wrestler. Oh, Mike. really? That's yes. funny. The Miz. Wait, I... a... Oh, back to New York. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mizanin. Mizanin? Mizanin? Yeah, I think you're the right. Miz. I think Hawaii is when it started just getting gross. Hawaii is the last season I watched. Because that was also the season where they had the girl driving around drunk and I was like yes I remember I, that a lot I was I was 18 when that season aired and I was like I feel like I'm too young to be watching this <laughs> <laughs> I was like I should I shouldn't I shouldn't oh man um, god I I really loved this freaking show so much oh god remember Puck I do remember Puck oh he was so gross he was very gross <laughs> Oh, man. That was such... It was such a good show for so long, and... Yeah. I don't know. I think the 2000s ruined everything. They really did. I mean, yeah. Dun-dun. Oh, God. Dun-dun. There's no... Marin reacts on this thing! Dun-dun. 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 Did you just Marin make that reacts? <laughs> oh, God. There is, in fact, a Marin the Reacts on there. It's League Update slash Marin Reacts. Because while I know everybody has access to NHL.com, the standings, and they're probably not a big surprise to you, I thought it would be fun to look at some of the uh, individual stats leaders, which I don't think you will be able to guess any of. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I haven't looked at them, so probably not. The, I guess from a league perspective, just like looking at the actual like league standings, the most surprising thing is that Edmonton is still at the top of the Pacific. I, I don't understand that. Um, St. Louis has won seven in a row. Tampa Bay, not in a playoff spot. That is, that is also incredibly surprising to me. The Flyers have won four in a row. What? Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some wackiness this year. It's all wacky. And uh, the worst team in the league is actually not the Ottawa Senators. Do you want to guess who has the least amount of points as of right now? Um, can I get a conference? No. It's not Ottawa. I did just, no, did you just did, tell you, you that. No, you did just tell me that. And I know it's not the Flyers, because you just told me they won five in a row. Four, um, yes. Four, sorry. I know it's not the Panthers, because I saw them earlier. Um, is it a California team? It is. Is it the Kings? It is! <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Okay, so, Marin, who is your NHL points leader? Well, if you told me I wasn't going to guess, it's probably not Connor McDavid. You would be correct. It is not Connor McDavid. Is it Connor McDavid's line mate? It is Connor McDavid's line mate. <laughs> is it Leon Dreisaitl? <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, does that mean Leon? Does that mean Connor McDavid leads in assists? Uh, probably. Uh, let me look. No, he does not lead in oh, assists. Shit. Is it Leon Dreisaitl? It <laughs> is Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Wait, so does Connor McDavid lead in anything? No. Wow. Do you know who leads in goals? I don't. I will give you a hint. It is Eastern Conference. This is the guy I thought would have led in points, to be honest. And he is second. Um, it's not... It, I don't know. I don't I can't even... Our friend Ian is a big fan. Was it Pasternak? It is David Pasternak. He has 15 <laughs> goals. Damn. Okay. Now for the really, really hard one. Okay. Who leads the NHL in plus minus? Oh, God. I will give you a hint. Okay. He is a center. According to the NHL, which means he probably plays all three roles. Um, what was that? Dad, I need you to answer this question first. Oh. Um, and then I have some very fun information. Leads and plus, I don't, honestly, I can't even think of a center off the top of my head. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> um... Is Patrice Bergeron a center? <laughs> is yes. It, it is not Patrice Bergeron. Okay, well, that was my answer. I, tell me. 
It is Jean-Gabriel Pajot from the Ottawa Senator. First of all, I would have never in a million years guessed. I forgot he was a person. <laughs> Second, how is it anyone from Ottawa leading the plus minus? Fuck if I know. I, th- I, if that doesn't prove that that's a useless stat, I don't know what does. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's the even better one. John Carlson of the Washington Capitals is third in plus minus. Zach Cassian is third. <laughs> Sorry, Carlson is second. Zach Cassian is third. What? How is that a thing? It's a thing. That That is truly one of the more confusing things. First of all, it still bothers me that Zach Cassian exists as a person uh how dare you break sam gagne's jaw and then mock him for it mm-hmm. but that he is tied for third and plus minus again all it does is prove to me once again that this is a useless stat um in some good news uh ben bishop is top 10 in both goals against average and save percentage my babe yeah yeah uh, very fortunately, beating out Mike Smith in both of those. <laughs> I mean, fuck that guy. <laughs> also, it's, you know how if you go to the NHL website, like, the little, like, uh, the player headshots come up when you mouse over their names? Uh-huh. It is extremely disorienting to have, like, just a random Mike Smith pop up for you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> Anyway, I wanted to go over that because I, th- I saw those and I was like, holy shit. God. <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl, who even knew? Well, another holy shit moment happened today when Sportsnet announced that uh, they and Don Cherry had finally parted ways over his insensitive comments, basically anti-immigrant comments, uh, over the weekend. Can you believe that this, like, th- and I mean, I feel like in the, in the scheme of things that Don Cherry has, like, ranted about over the years, I feel like this was probably one of his tamer ones. But, like, I, it's, it's kind of crazy to me that this was the one that broke the, the camel's back as far as, like, him being employed by... Sportsnet. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm really excited that this was the can- straw that broke the camel's back. But like, it also like there have been so I mean, many it's like, opportunities before this. Yeah, I think it really is just a straw. Like that's the thing is like I think he'd gotten so many passes before, and everybody was so fucking tired of his shit that they weren't gonna let this one go. Did you see the tweet from Greg Wachinski? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so for if you guys missed it, um, Greg Wachinski. So okay, if you guys missed the whole thing, Don Cherry went on a racist rant on Saturday evening, uh, specifically about um, if you're American, we don't do this down here, but you probably noticed in Canada, they and Britain, they wear um, poppies on their lapels for um, Remembrance Day, which is the seems to be the Canadian version of Veterans Day. If it's different, please let me know. But the 
Apparently, there's a lot of like, well, why aren't you wearing your poppy kind of a thing. Um, it's, and it's pretty performative a lot of times. It's incredibly performative. And, you know, there might be plenty of reasons why somebody's not wearing their damn poppy. I listened to the Bob McKenzie um, uh, our interview on the radio about the, where they asked him questions about this. And he was saying that, like, he's really tired of the poppy police because he buys you know, 20 or 30 of them every year because he keeps losing them or putting them down places or they fall off or something like that. And he said he was in the airport one time and somebody was like, well, where's your poppy? Because he'd been on a plane and it had, you know, it had fallen off somewhere in his day of travel and putting his bag on and taking it off and all that kind of stuff. So like, you know, just the whole thing is very performative. But um, Don Cherry was specifically talking about like how you people who come into the country and like enjoy their milk and honey and don't, you know, then um, do nothing to remember the people that, you know, made Canada the great, Canada is what I just said, <laughs> the great country it is today. So, you know, that, obviously that went over like a lead balloon. And the other problem is that Ron McLean just sat there and watched him say it and didn't say a damn thing. Mm-hmm. So then Sportsnet, the Sportsnet president let out, like put out a, or, um, a written, a written apology saying, you know, like, We've talked to Don, you know, it's not, doesn't represent our views. We don't feel this way, blah, blah, blah. Which, you know, again, also was like, nope, that's not even remotely good enough. Uh, And Mm -hmm. they got a lot, they got a lot of pushback on that. So then Ron McLean came out on his other show and was like, hey, you know, I am sorry. I know that, you know, I, my, my problem was I just sat there and didn't say anything and I should have, which I thought was very insightful. And like, it's showed they've at least been reading all of the comments that have been coming mm-hmm. at them. I thought his apology was actually quite sincere. His apology was really good. But again, it's not coming from the person who was the, the worst offender. And right. I, what, what seems to me to be is that Don Cherry is just refusing to apologize. I'm sure they've oh, asked yeah. him if he would. He's, there were quotes from him today in a New York Times article that he is, he, he knows what he said and he stands by it. Ah, well, sure. I'm, it's, I'm sure he does. So, um, Greg Wyshynski's tweet was specifically saying that he heard from people who would know that the two apologies over the weekend were test balloons to see if the whole thing would blow over and if people would basically just move on from it. And the fact that they didn't, and we kept making comments about it and kept tweeting at Sportsnet about it, is why Don Cherry was fired today. See, he did retract, not retract, he did hear from another source that that wasn't the case. I doubt that. I also am extremely skeptical about that. That seems like a lot of trying to cover it up. Yes, exactly. That seems like, oh shit, somebody actually said the quiet part. Yeah, somebody actually (laughs) said the thing that we didn't want anybody to know, so... (laughs) That wasn't the case. We didn't mean that. (laughs) Let's get some old school prop comedy going and yank them off screen. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I can't believe, I mean, honestly, fucking about goddamn time. Yeah. I And I I had a really long conversation with a Don Cherry defender this afternoon. Uh, and my favorite, my favorite part was when he, 
when he was, when he, first of all, first of all, because I was saying that I was happy that Don Cherry had gotten fired, at the end of it, I was like, you know what, I'm done, I'm, we've had a conversation, I'm done, have a, have a good day. And he was like, have a good day too, I'm just going to leave this here. And then there was a, a gif of Trudeau and the blackface, and I was like, okay, first of all, I'm not Canadian, like, I'm not a Trudeau stan, I don't give a shit, like, you know, you guys have your own political problems up there, all I'm doing is expressing joy that John Don Cherry got fired and he um he was like well then you don't understand his point and I was like I absolutely do understand his point and you think that an American doesn't understand like cultural divisiveness I'm sorry yes we do so then he was saying well that's fine because America is a melting pot can it can't Canada I was about to do it again Canada is a beautiful mosaic <laughs> and, he, and he was like because those two things are so fucking different and he was like, we need to keep our, cult- we need to safeguard our cultures and keep them very distinct and and not melt them all together the way that Trudeau wants to do. And I was like, that's and not a thing. Foremost, <laughs> that's not a thing. Who would ever look at America and say, oh, them, they have perfected it. <laughs> that That's working really well. That thing that they've got going on down there. They have it all down correctly. Good news, guys. Race. Solved. The entire thing. You are doing so well. Sweet Jesus. Christ. Canada is a beautiful mosaic. Yeah. God, God. I I laughed so hard I cried. Okay. Uh, Okay, so, yes, next thing. Star shirts! Twinkle, twinkle, little stars! stars. How I wonder what you charts! I am very excited for Stars Charts today. Oh. Because you know what I realized we hadn't done? What? Our weekly horoscopes today come from teenvogue.com. Oh my god, we've never done Teen Vogue? No. I don't think so. Shit. And special treat. They are written by somebody who goes with the pen name. I assume it's a pen name. Lisa Stardust. Oh, M G. It's gonna be like that. The very first, the very first line of this is: "It's time to wake up from the daydream and create our visions." I R L. Oh, sweet Jesus! Yeah, I'm very excited. So, Marin, who do we have on tap today? I think that we should go a little old school and do Sergei Zuboff. Okay. Do we know when he was born? <laughs> He was born July 22nd, making him a cancer. Oh, wow. He's a, he's a cusp baby. Yeah, he's right there. All right. Scroll, 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 scroll. There we go. Cancer. You're enjoying a little flirtation with a longtime pal. While you enjoy the intention, you're unsure about your feelings for them. They're crushing hard and you're super ambivalent about pursuing a relationship with them. Is it possible that they want to take this situationship to the next level? If so, it's time you state your limits and expectations clearly. The friendship won't be over, but may require the addition of boundaries so that you both don't overstep in the future. Be gentle when discussing your sentiments. Try to let them down with kindness. That way, you can remain besties. I can't tell if if this should be about... Jim lights or not, because Sergei Zuboff is very happily married. I think it's about Jim lights. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, so the other I two know. I'm going to do... I know, right? Let him down gently, Zuboff. 
Uh, the other two I'm going to do are yesterday's goal scorers. So the next one would be Sagittarius for Matthias Janmark. Sagittarius. This week, you are having major emotional setbacks that will cause upheaval in your squad. Instead of arguing with your friends over half-truths and petty disputes, disconnect your energy from them. You don't need to be put down 24-7 by those you care about. You are way too fabulous for all that. (laughs) I mean, that's true. Remember, you are an amazing person who deserves to be treated like the goddess you are. If they can't honor you, then it's time to take back your power and love yourself more. Treat yourself with respect and your crew will follow. Never settle for scraps from others. All right. What I really, truly appreciate about this this week's um, horoscope is that you are reading it like a drunk girl in a bar bathroom. <laughs> and it's, it's really making the whole thing. It is... It is the Don't you settle to for anything less than you deserve. <laughs> I okay. love your hat. <laughs> Where did you get it? <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the other goal scorer is Roddick Foxa, who is a Capricorn. Oh, perfect. Right here. All of your relationships are deepening this week, causing you to second guess your commitments. It's not that you want to play the field, but all of the time you're spending with your SO or new crush is making you crave some alone time. Instead of breaking up with your boo or huffing and puffing when you're together, tell them you want to spend a day solo at home. They'll totally get how you feel and will be in agreement with your sentiments, making you feel like you made up all the drama in your head for no reason. I don't know how, how helpful that one is. That wasn't very helpful. It's like, talk about your problem. I guess actually to teenagers, talk about your problems is really good advice. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Even to adults. teenagers to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Two adults were like, God, this is useless. <laughs> this is not directed towards us. I have been ignoring this advice my whole life. And look where I've gotten. <laughs> into therapy. Yeah, into therapy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with therapy. Nothing is... We're very happy about therapy. We love therapy. Uh, speaking of happy... Yeah. Can we talk about happy things? Sure. Uh, I can go first. Oh, I was about to say, can you go first? I can go first. I'll go first. Uh, my week has, has been generally just, like, good and chill. Lemon, it's Monday. No, no, like, last week. Like, <laughs> you said my week has been... I was like, weeks. Oh, okay, good. I was like, what... Have been like good and chill. Oh, so nice. Yeah, so like work was super fucking busy for a while, and then we had a big campaign launch on November 4th, and since then it's been good because I've been able to like regroup and like figure out what I need to finish and like actually feel like I'm getting stuff done and like all of that. And then like, you know, my personal life's going well, hanging out with the fam, uh-huh. everything's chill there. Your personal life's going well. It's going well, and yeah. and I uh-huh. <laughs> shut up. Okay, I'm uh, done now. <laughs> and like, you know, it's just oh, been good. Yeah. And on, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and I've been cooking a lot, and that actually makes me really happy. And like, I made this fucking tofu the other night that was really fucking good. <laughs> Ooh, what kind of like? Did you flavor it? 
It was, it's this, um, so uh, Allison, Allison Lucan on Twitter, one of my favorite people in the world. Love so her she that. is super um, into like fitness and she's getting actually her nutritional uh, license as well. And so when I decided that I was going to go vegetarian, I like asked her, I was like, hey, listen, I'm, my mom is very concerned about me getting enough protein. And what, like, do you have any advice? And she was like, hey, let me ask around. I don't really have my license yet, but like, you know, whatever. So anyway, so her friend recommended this blog to me called Vegan Richa, which is a Indian woman. And we all know how much I love Indian food and Indian flavors. And she does like other stuff too, like normal, you know, like American style baked goods and stuff like that. But this was a Indochine recipe I'd never heard of before called um, Tofu 65. And it's usually Paneer 65, but she's vegan. Oh my God. And so I fucking love Paneer so much. So yeah, it's basically just like a mix of like Chinese flavor and Indian flavor. And it was super fucking good. And I'm going to make it again. Did it make you think of paneer? Uh, It did. Because then I immediately looked up how to make my own paneer. (laughs) As far as I know, it's not actually that hard. The recipe looks really easy. And I found another excellent Indian food blog that I am extremely excited about. Because I found how to make bindi masala on there, which is one of my favorite things. God, mm-hmm. you're making me so hungry and I've already had dinner. Okay. Well, anyway, I've had a good week. I'm very happy. Um, and yeah. My weeks have been very neutral. There's been some very annoying things and some, holy God, I just want to be alone by myself things and some good things. Um, I went, I saw, I, was, I had to go on a weekend retreat with a bunch of high schoolers last weekend and that was like a very much like. I just need to be alone by myself in a room and not talk to anyone for a little while. But um, I went and saw Cats with one of my really good friends. Um, Cats the musical, not the movie. Getting getting ready for the movie? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to bother going to see the movie in theaters. I really just want to listen to Jennifer Hudson sing Memory over and over and over again. I had never seen the musical. I didn't know what the... I mean, I knew that the musical was about a bunch of cats, and that was, like, pretty much it. I had no idea, like, what the story was about, if there was one. Um, And it turns out there isn't really a story to to the musical. It's just a bunch of cats introducing themselves over and over again, and then, like, the star of the show, which is Memory. (laughs) So, um, if you've heard the song Memory divorced from its context of that show, then, like... You've heard a really good song, but in the context of that show, it is one of those things that, like, punches you in the face with, like, feelings about it. I was literally sobbing in my seat by the end of that song. And it's not an exaggeration, and it's only partly because I have too many feelings in the first place. <laughs> because the, there's this... Okay, very briefly, there is a Jellicle... It's based on the poems of T.S. Eliot... Like, I don't know if you guys have read those, but there's a book of poems that T.S. Eliot about cats. And it's based, the whole thing is based on those. There's a Jellicle ball every year where the oldest cat among them, Old Deuteronomy, chooses one cat to be reborn into their, you know, new kitten young self or whatever. And so Mm -hmm. the whole play is all of these cats introducing themselves, basically making a case for themselves. Um, And there's this one cat, Grizabella who is old, like, you know, 
very she when she comes out on stage she stumbles across it she tries at one point to do the dance moves that she'd just seen the other cats doing and she stumbles through them it's a she's a really wretched character and all of the other cats have turned on her they hiss when they see her they won't go near her all this kind of stuff and so at the very end they're all you know like old deuteronomy is about to make his decision and she comes out and she sings memory and that is like, you're just watching and you're like, this woman's life, this woman, this cat's life has been shattered. And it was like all of these feelings about what that song is about. And then at the end of it, the little white cat comes up and just touches her very gently on the hand. And then all of the other cats come up and they like stroke her face or they touch her hand or whatever. And like, you're just watching this old, like wretched cat suddenly get accepted by all of these other cats again. And you're like, I cannot handle myself. Like, what do I do with myself right now? It was a lot of feelings. I mean, honestly, Um, I'm tearing up just hearing you explain it. So yeah, I believe you. Seriously. And I mean, like, I don't even think you have to care about like, actual cats that much to really get a lot out of this like it was just so much um and it was one of those things where like about halfway through it I was like I do not understand why this is one of like the longest running plays on Broadway and then like the end of it happens and you're like okay that's why like people were going (laughs) to see that song being sung every every night you know like Because that, like, her singing memory just brings the whole thing together and makes you understand why music exists. Like, it is just one of those moments in a play where you're like, the rest of the two hours I sat sitting here are worth it because it gave this that context. Huh. It was amazing. It was so amazing. Anyway, so Cats is probably the highlight of this past two weeks. But, um... I mean, I don't want to downplay the retreat I went on where I was a leader for high school girls because I'm old enough to be their mothers, but I love them all. And they call me Mama Bear sometimes, which I really actually genuinely love. And they're just the sweetest girls. So um, not that any of them listen to this podcast. I don't need to defend myself to them, but I love them. And that was a fun weekend, too. Even if they find the podcast, all you're doing is saying good things. <laughs> all I'm doing is saying good things. And then I got to see uh, my little brother's kids this past weekend uh, and watch them. So anytime I get to hang out with my family is also a good time. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and ask this first reader question because I, I assume you want to ask the second one. Yes, please. Andrew, too cool for Cali LA asks... Describe the sequence of events it would take for Miro to win the Norris. All of the Boston media would have to fall off into the sea. (laughs) I mean, we would just need to get rid of, like, the 12 voters that they have in Boston area and, and Toronto. Like, we would have to get rid of half of the voters in the East to get Miro to even have a chance. And John Carlson would need to get injured. Yeah, there's that. Because he's running away with the points raised right now. And that that matters. Like, as much as people want to say that doesn't matter, I think if you're going to be the best at your position, you have to fucking score points. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Good defense doesn't win games. We can tell you that for a fact. <laughs> yeah. Defend all you want. You're not going to win if you don't score a point. You will just be sitting there until the end of time. So what we're saying is climate change yeah. is really required 
for any defenseman in Dallas. Yes. To win a Norris. Yes. Yeah. Where is John Carlson's in Washington, right? Yep, he's in D.C. Did you? Soon we'll have to actually say that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because Seattle is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, did you read that book by Mary Robinette Cowell about the lady astronauts whose name I cannot remember right now? I think the Calculating Stars. No, I did not read that one about the lady astronauts. Okay, well, a meteor hit, I believe it was Washington, D.C. So that's what we need, is a meteor to hit Washington, (laughs) D.C. And it should also take out, like, a lot of the, you know, with ash cloud and spray and shit, should take out a lot of the eastern seaboard. We'll be fine. So what we're saying is either climate change or a meteor. What the fuck are those called? Something that will actually, like, probably wipe out half the population of Earth. Fuck. An extinction event? Mass extinction event. Yeah, uh, yeah, an extinction (laughs) event. I was like, is that what you mean? Why can't you come up with that word? (laughs) Because sometimes I can't come up with words. Words are hard. Okay, anyway, that's what I'm saying we need. Okay, so let me ask you the next one. Okay. Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen. Her second question of the night. Any new NWHL players standing out to you? Well, oh God, I am a bad fan of the NWHL and women's hockey in general. I'm fucking a bad fan of the stars. So like, let's throw that one out there. There are two days in the week that I could potentially watch hockey. One is Wednesday and one is Friday. But fortunately, I know people who are extremely good at watching the NWHL. So I reached out to Mike Murphy, who you can follow on Twitter as DigDeepBSB, I think it is. Uh, yeah, Blue Shirt Banner. Um, he is, he, I think he actually does, uh, some freelance work, uh, for the NWHL right now doing content, you know, writing for them, journalism, that kind of thing. Um, but I started working with him back when I worked for FanRag and he was one of my women's hockey reporters. He also did some New York Rangers stuff for me. Um, and he, I love him to death. He's one of the nicest people in the entire world too, which, but point being, he knows a shit ton about the NWHL, and he even collects all of the stats for the NWHL, too. So, like, if you want to know who's leading in points, et cetera, et cetera, he has it all listed. But, so I asked him this exact question, and his response were, people to watch, rookies to watch, would be Brooke Stacy, Kendall Corning, and I'm butchering these, uh, Christina Patina, Patigna, something like that, uh, Tori Sullivan and MJ, uh, Peltier. Um, and he also mentions on the Connecticut whale, Emma Vlasic, um, and, uh, on Minneapolis, uh, uh, Shamel and Baldwin. And I went ahead and clicked on his sheet to like, look and see how they were all doing. And remember the NWHL actually doesn't play a whole ton of games, especially when you consider it versus um like the nhl but uh christina patigna who plays for the boston pride the undefeated boston pride has 11 points already um sydney baldwin has nine um so does lexi lang and nicole shamel again shamel is another one on his list um and brooke stacy has eight 
And Sidney Baldwin is a defender and is the second in rookie points. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, most a of those names came... defender who is second in rookie points? Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, six games, nine points. Uh, it looks just, honestly, if you're just looking at the rookies, it's probably going to be a Boston-Buffalo final. But who knows? Anything can happen in a long season. But yeah, so you should definitely go follow Mike. He knows everything you would want to know about women's hockey. Sweet. Julia asks. I feel like we need a, a nickname for Julia. Probably do. Of Bruin. Julia of Bruins fame. She's not of Bruins fame. Penguins fame. Yeah. I was thinking about the fact that she lives in Boston. Yes. My bad. My bad. Julia of Penguins fame. Julia of the red hair. Uh, Mom the Julia Charles. of the hair of flame. Oh, geez. <laughs> if each of the stars were a Christmas cookie, which one would they be? Have I asked this question before? If so, make them a Christmas carol. You have indeed asked this question before, so let's do Christmas carols. I did not remember that she had asked that question before. She did. Matthias Janmark is the little drummer boy. Perfect. Fucking perfect. Uh, I'm going to give Andre Sekera as Old King Wenceslas. I like it. I like it. Um, Jason Dickinson, what child is this? <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> Everyone just keeps forgetting about him. I can't really got myself with that one. <laughs> Sagan is last Christmas. Yes. Yes. Specifically the um fucking George Michael version. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. God, I can't remember anybody's name right now. Any I can't remember words right now, Marin. How are we having a podcast? Oh no. I think we're doing pretty good. <laughs> um, hang on, I'm looking at a list of Christmas. <laughs> Cheater. Jamie Venn is under my tree because that's where I would like him. Nick Kamano is uh, Little Saint Nick. Yes, of course. What is most Alexander impo- Radulov? Is there, a, is there a Russian Christmas carol we can come up with real quick? No, you know who Alexander Radulov is. God, this is the worst game for me because I don't ever remember fucking song titles. I feel like he's chestnut roasting on an open fire. No, 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 no. That's not flashy enough for him. Oh my! He's God. all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> How did you not remember the name of that song? It's literally the chorus. I don't, because I couldn't fucking remember. All I could remember was, it's the Mariah Carey song. It's the Mariah Carey song. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> oh my God. I am an embarrassment. Why don't you finish this off? I think Klingberg, then, is chestnuts roasting on an open fire, because that feels like the kind of thing he would do sitting on a bearskin rug. Yeah, it it feels like, it feels very Swedish. Yeah, it does. Okay. Driving Girl asks, in the name of fuck, Mary kill, what happens to the flavors pumpkin spice cranberry and peppermint bark? I saw this, this question earlier, and I have a very, very decisive answer. I also have a very, very decisive answer. Okay, so who would you fuck? 
Cranberry. Cranberry definitely fucks. I'm, I'm fucking pumpkin spice. Okay. I marry Peppermint Bark. I'm also marrying Peppermint Bark so I can have that sweet, sweet deliciousness in my life for the rest of my life. Oh, absolutely. fucking lately Every time. Honestly, I need to make some mint chocolate brownies. Oh, so good. Yeah. Peppermint Bark is my favorite Christmas time treat. So I am sorry to Cranberry, but I am killing it. Nah, kill Pumpkin Spice. I give no shits. No I shits about Pumpkin Spice. spice. I know. I, I love Pumpkin Spice. <laughs> cranberry definitely fucks. It's a little tart, a little sweet. It's what I you love want. Cranberry. Like, I love all of these flavors, <laughs> and I would not want to kill Cranberry normally. But, like, if I had to live the rest of my life without Pumpkin Spice or Peppermint Bark, I would be fucking sad. Like, I mean, cran- Cranberry does not speak of, like, a holiday to me like pumpkin spice is very very decisively thanksgiving and peppermint bark is very very decisively christmas cranberry is like it's a drink i drink when i'm like flying i get i get cranberry juice on flights all the time i do not know why but when i am flying it's the only thing i drink i see my family we are all about cranberry sauce like cranberry I mean, sauce we, with brandy. we do cranberry sauce for sure but it's no not but like, like we're about it Oh, see, my family is not about it. <laughs> we're we're about our macaroni and cheese. That's what we're about. That's very southern. I mean, we are very southern. It makes sense that you, the Midwesterner, would be all about the bitter, the bitter one. Well, cranberries don't even grow in the Midwest. They so. don't, but they are bitter. They are bitter, <laughs> and, and you just need to keep it locked inside. Bitter and crisp. <laughs> And a sharp flavor. But it also helps cut through everything that's kind of mushy and gushy on the plate. See, I honestly, I skip cranberry most Thanksgivings. Oh, man. I fucking love it. Fucking love it. I would let it treat me like a hoe. It would treat you like a hoe. (laughs) And that's all we have for you today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks so much, friends. As always, you can find us on social media. I'm Classlicity. I'm Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Deep Heart Hockey. And if you have a question, comment, or Thanksgiving food that you would let slap you around, you can email <laughs> us at deepharthockey at gmail.com. You can also find our official blog at deepharthockey.wordpress.com. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Good riddance. I mean, please come back next week, but good bye for now. <sighs> Team Pumpkin Spice. Pumpkin Pumpin? Pumpkin Spice is what I just said. Pumpkin Spice. <laughs> to be fair, you would fuck it. <laughs> Pump my spice. <laughs> <laughs>